Thank you for joining me on episode 64 of the Unique On Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And today, pastor and podcaster Mary Hess joins us as we talk about what she calls the back 40, or simply put, life after the age of 40. What does it mean for us as Christians as we get older? What are the drawbacks? What are the benefits? We discuss the quarter-life crisis as well as our responsibility as older believers raising up the younger generation. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast. Rachel Gentleman here with you, and we travel all the way down to the mountains of North Carolina with Mary Hess, graduate of Liberty University. Mary, you and your husband have been pastoring for quite a few years. You're co-pastors in North Carolina. You're also a counselor, a mama too, and an almost grandma. How does that feel? Oh, wow. Almost grandma. I still don't know if I can wrap my head around it or not. It <laughs> but the question is, is it going to be grandma or is it Nana? Like, are you specific on oh, what you want to be called? You know, this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was until it happened to me, but it's a big deal. I did not want to be called Grammy or Granny or any of those things. I wanted something different. My middle name is a family name. It's Julene, but I had the nickname Jojo or Joe. Okay. So I'm going to be called Jojo and my husband is going to be called Pops. Pops. So we're going to do Pops and Jojo. Got yes. it. Now in North Carolina, <laughs> I don't know what it's like. Actually, first I have to ask you what, what part, I know you're in the mountains of North Carolina, but anywhere near yeah. Shelby or Kings Mountain? So Kings Mountain is uh, probably a little closer to the middle of this, uh, a little closer to the middle of the state. I think it takes me about an hour and a half to two hours to get to Kings Mountain. Um, Shelby is a little bit before that. I am actually 30 minutes west of Asheville, North Carolina, in the Appalachian Mountains, so in the Smoky Mountain Range. Okay. Um, so I live, I live over this, over on the western side. From one side of the state to the other is about an eight to nine hour drive. Okay. My grandfather so. is from the mountains of North Carolina, but the Shelby Kings oh, Mountain yeah. area. I've been and through there several times. Yeah. So I grew up going there my whole life, spending time in the mountains and my parents have a house in Sneeds Ferry. So I'll, yeah, yeah we, it's, it's wow. very common to, to us. But anyway, I want to get to you. You have a podcast called the back 40. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. The back 40. <laughs> Well, the back 40 is actually a very much an agricultural term, um, and we live in a very rural area here. The back 40 typically refers to the back 40 acres of your farm. That's just a phrase they would use. We're going to go out on the back 40. Okay. Um, and so when I, I chose that name, I was just thinking uh, to, I guess, kind of honor that rural tradition, but at the same time referencing the fact that we are at when you hit about the age of 40, you are on the back side of life. In other words, you are, you, things start looking different. You start preparing, you start acting differently because, um, I mean, you, I think it finally settles in. There's something that happened somewhere around 40 or so that people start having this aha moment of, oh, I'm not going to live forever. Mm. Okay. And so I just, I, I chose that name because I thought it represented um, just that transition of 
moving to that back side or that back half or that second half of life. And that's kind of your audience is geared towards those that are over 40. Now, a confession, I just turned 40 and I'm not going to lie. It felt, well, it felt kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. It like, is weird. It every, is. Everybody it is. I talked to was like, oh my gosh, I love turning 40. It was amazing. But on my birthday, I was like, this is, I don't know why it just felt, I didn't feel amazing the way everybody else did but at the same time i'm going there is a piece there because i really don't care a whole lot what anybody else thinks anymore like i did 20 years ago but yeah um, absolutely but what made you well okay first of all may i ask how old you are is that okay that i ask you may absolutely i have no problem with that i just turned 51 in august Okay. So I'm 51 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what made you want to start this podcast? Because it's what, maybe a year old? It's not even a year old. Not we even. just launched in, yeah, we just launched in September and ran our first season every week for 14 weeks. And so I'm, I'm as of this moment, um, we will launch the second half in, um, a sec- second season in January. Okay. So I started this podcast, uh, actually, I, well, first of all, I love to talk. <laughs> So it wasn't a really hard transition. This is why we're kindred um, I love spirits. To talk. A- amen. Amen. <laughs> um, I love to talk. Um, you know, I I love being out front. I'm not shy in front of a camera. I, you know, I love to teach. I do a lot of that. My husband and I, we co-teach every Sunday at our church together. So those kinds of things never bothered me. Um, I have a lot of friends and we would just sit around sometimes in conversation and have these over the last probably three or four years conversations like, oh my gosh, like I literally woke up this morning and I had to sit on the side of the bed for a minute before I got up because my (laughs) ankles hurt. Why do my ankles hurt? Yeah. I didn't do anything but sleep. Why do my ankles hurt? Or do you have a weird gray hair or, you know, or I don't know this hot flashes or I'm moody or what's going on or do you think about dying? I mean, we would ask some really serious questions as well. And I used to say all the time, I'm just... I think I'm just going to start a podcast. People, nobody's talking about this stuff clearly if we don't have all of these answers or at least feel like everybody's in the same boat with us. And so finally, my close friends were like, would you just shut up talking about it and do it? And (laughs) so I was nervous because again, you know, it's it's starting something new and you, even at this age, I still succumb at times to the comparison trap that I, that I'm worried that what if it doesn't work? What if people don't like it? What if? What if I fail? What if I'm, you know, yeah. horrible at it? But mm-hmm. I finally was just like, you know what? Forget it. I'm doing it. Um, so we did and we started it. But it has actually morphed a little bit. Um, it started out that I was gearing it toward people in the back 40. But as I started interviewing people, it kind of took on a life of its own. And it ended up being a little mix of, yeah, we're going to talk about things like embracing life and making hard transitions in the back half. And empty nesting and uh, kids still at home while others are, you know, moving out, just different things. Yeah. But I found that people just started telling their stories and, and I started thinking everybody needs to hear this. Even if you're not 40 yet, there is good wisdom and gold to glean from these conversations that we don't get to have a lot anymore. You know, I grew up on a farm in Kentucky and I can remember in the country sitting around on the porch or in the living room and the older people telling their stories and, and we learned about who they were and what they went through and how they did life. And we, we 
could subconsciously, even if we didn't consciously, glean from that. And there was mm. something connecting about that, you know, and, and that's really what I'm shooting for, I think, in the second season is just people have lived life. I want to know how they lived it. I want to know what they learned. I want to know how they depended on God. I want to know what works and what didn't. What are you afraid of? What what do you wish you could have done differently that would help somebody else along the way and and just have it recorded for posterity's sake, you know? That brings up a good question, though. Why don't we do that anymore? Why don't we sit and learn at the feet of people that are older than us? And I, yeah. I feel as though we're so separated generationally. I mean, even generations yeah. have their own identity. I'm a millennial. I'm a boomer. I'm an Xer. You know, we even, we even yeah. divide ourselves by generations. Why don't you think we... We glean from older people anymore. I, part of it, I think, is that life is so incredibly fast-paced anymore and so um, uh, technologically driven that we forget or we don't know because we haven't been around it that we actually need face-to-face, voice-to-voice connection um, with people, we, you know, even I've been guilty of it in times past of, I, I don't think to maybe call my mom as much as I should or talk to my sisters on the phone or my brother because I see they post on Facebook that they went and got their hair done today and look at the picture and, or they had a, a family gathering or they did something. And so I already quote unquote know it mm. about them. Yeah. And so I don't think to call and actually have a conversation and, I feel like maybe while it's great in and of itself, um, technology has, has separated people from each other in that we don't just know how to sit and have a conversation. I mean, how many times have you probably seen people sit and they still pick up their phone inadvertently yes. 58 times to just glance at it to make sure they haven't missed anything or out of habit or our brains, I think, have gotten rewired um, because of it, it makes me sad, and I think it probably makes me sad now because I'm getting to that age where I know I have stories to share. I know I have mm. things to give away, and I want people to want that. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so, I think anyway, oh, go that's ahead. what I think about. Yeah. No, no, I was just saying that's that's where I go. Well, and it makes me think too. We don't live in close proximity with each other anymore. It used to be. Right. that grandma lived down the road, Aunt Susie was next door, and yeah. you kind of helped each other out, and you spent Sunday dinners together, where nowadays uh, we're always looking for the next best thing or just trying to make more money or whatever it is, or we marry a spouse that's outside of the state. And, you know, you have family that's across the country, and you're really not together right. as much as you used yeah. to be. So let's talk about the back 40, so to speak. Now, that that can be hard for some people to reach that threshold of 40 going forward. I mean, some people call it yeah. that midlife crisis. Uh, why do you yeah. think that people have a hard time with that? Well, I really think it just boils down to you. I think I'm, I'm obviously not an expert, so but my opinion is I feel like it boils down to you wake up one day and sometimes it might be right at 40 and sometimes it might be a little bit later or even if a little bit earlier, and there is something in you that just realizes, oh, I, my time is limited. Hmm. What have I done with my life? What am I doing? What what am I leaving? Um, and I think we have this crisis or this moment of clarity where we go, 
what what am I doing? <clears throat> excuse me. That that I am leaving a legacy of something. Am I giving all that I can give? Am I doing all that I can do? Am I pouring out of myself to enhance my children's lives, my grandchildren's lives? Like that's what it was for me. I. I actually didn't have a problem at my 40th birthday. It was when I turned 46. And I think I'm going to chalk it up to my math teachers rounding up because every time I told someone I was turning, I was 46, they'd go, oh, my gosh, you're almost 50. And you're like, oh, thanks. And I had this. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now I'm just going to go bury my head over the <laughs> Um I had this moment of, oh, I remember my parents turning 50. I remember what that looked like to me, and it looked so old, and, and yeah. now I'm here. How did I get here so fast? What, you know, and then that whole, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. You know, that kind of feeling, and I just think that it's hard for people because we, we start realizing our finality, our, the, the finiteness of, of human life, that it's just a, a vapor, and that's not a morbid thing. It's just a real, factual Thing. Now, thankfully for us as believers, we know that it's just a stepping stone into the next life, which is eternity with Jesus. But, but we still live very much in our humanness, and so it feels like an ending coming. It feels like something really good is getting ready to be over. And so what have I done to prepare for that? Um, and I think it just causes some people to really freak out, some people to do crazy things like go buy a Corvette mm -hmm. um, and, you know— leave their family or <laughs> try to do something to make them feel younger. But um, I just think that we just realize that, you know, you're in your 20s. You think you're never going to die. You think you could do anything. You're crazy. You're daring. Yeah. Your 30s, you feel a little bit more like an adult. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. I am the adult. I am now the older person in the room. Or I am now that person that people are pulling on and looking for to depend on and it just changes i think it changes everything well and two so i like that you said okay we come to this reality that life isn't going to last forever but i also feel that in the western world we are saturated in a youth obsessed oh, culture Lord, yeah. so tell me a yeah. little bit about that because i don't get it but that's just where we're at i mean it's yeah. like you have to accomplish as much as possible as young as possible. Correct. I, I think that it changed. I, and I am not great with all these generational names. I always get them all messed up. I think it changed after my, I think it changed after my generation. So that would be, let's see, I'm an X, Gen X right after the boomers. It's the Gen X. And then, and then millennials. And then the millennials. Okay. So the, the millennials were the ones who ended up having technology more of their life than not. And then, of course, after that, they were born into technology. And mm -hmm. so I feel like because, because of that, you know, you have this, um, you have the generations that they don't, they don't want to get older. They don't, they, I think sometimes the millennials and youngers can look at, our gener my generation and older and think, oh, how did you survive? How did you make it without all of these things? And, and so it's a very youthful feeling. Everything online is youthful. Everything is youth obsessed. You know, how can you get rid of your wrinkles? How can you, here's a filter on your camera that will help get rid of your wrinkles when you take pictures. Here's, 
you know, and I'm not against any of those things to use if you want to use them, but when it becomes this thing that I can't be myself and be accepted, then I think there is something that has flipped inside of you that you, that you, um, that you need to stay young. The pro- here's the deal. The, we, we, we are not going to stay young. We're mm-hmm. going to age. That is how it's made. And the Bible talks about how um, the older women are to train the younger women. And, and, that, and Jesus tells us in several scriptures, you know, when you grow old, I'm going to be with you just like I was with you when you were younger. You're still going to be evergreen. You're still going to be producing fruit. We've just forgotten in the Western world how to value the older generation because we are so obsessed with staying young. And so we look at them and they're a reminder that they're not young and that we're not going to be young. And so we've, I feel like we disregard them. We push them aside. We, we don't value what they bring to the table because they they are not young, mm-hmm. you and, know, and so it's hard. It's hard to. I don't know. I mean, they even have. They even have. I think we talked about this in our email. They even have a quarter. What is it called? Like it's a called quarter a quarter life mid- crisis. So it was something that was kind of yeah. birthed out of the millennials, where suddenly psychologists were finding that kids, and I say kids yeah. because I'm 40, and to me they're still kids. Yeah, feel about that now, right? Yeah, but kids around 25 years old, anywhere from 25, 27 went through what is called a quarter-life crisis. So they're going through this quarter-life crisis, and I'll be honest, because I am a millennial, I'm an older millennial, I guess I'm what you would call an eximal, where I am right... Well, you're called a geriatric, you're called a geriatric millennial. Oh my gosh, yes, you saw that? Oh my gosh. I did, I couldn't believe that they had that thing. It cracks me up. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm considered, like, so I'm right after, like, I'm barely a millennial, right? So I come right right after Generation X, so I have this uh gosh what am i like a, you're um, in the middle you're i'm in the, in the middle. middle there's like have, this synergy yeah. of the x and the millennials where i didn't grow up with all the technology but when i was in high school the technology came and there was email Correct. and there was dial up and there was all the things so i got the benefits of technology but i also got the benefits of growing up without all of that and sure by the time i was 27 I was looking at my life and I was so depressed because I had uh, I had two kids at the time and they're young yeah. and then they're in diapers. I didn't finish college. I was married. Yes, I had a house and and it didn't matter that I had traveled the world and I had done these amazing things. I felt that my life was wasted at 27 and I felt yeah. as though uh, there was nothing left for me because I was too old and people that are older would look at that and say that sounds so stupid but for millennials that was real because it was all about accomplishing as much as you can as early as possible so i don't know if that's something that you've seen in doing all of this studying yeah yeah i have actually i have counseled uh quite a few younger people um who who have gone through these moments of I have, I have, I'm not married yet. I haven't done anything with my life. I blah, 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 all these things. And they're not even 30. And I'm like, what Mm -hmm. are you talking about? Like, this does not even compute in my brain because you should still just be trying to figure out and find your feet. And, you know, this job may not work. So what, what, what path do you want to take? But yes, I have noticed that it makes me sad because I feel like, 
disservice to those younger than us. And, and without some major change, I, I look at my 16-year-old and I think, she said something to me the other day and I was like, this is not because she's my kid, but I just never thought of this. She said, Mom, I've got one more year of high school and they're, they're asking me, where do you want to go to school? What do you want to study? What do you want to be when you grow up? She said, I can't go to the bathroom without asking permission right now. And then in one year, I'm expected oh. to know what I'm supposed to do with myself. Oh, wow. She said, I don't, I don't know what I want to do with my life at 18. And she's actually graduating when she's 17. She's a, a year younger than her peers. And she's like, I don't know. How am I supposed to know at 17 what I want to do? There's too much pressure to know what I'm supposed to do, um, you know, or to, you know, on, um, I guess, TikTok and all these things to get rich quick, you know, become an influencer, do these things, make all of these bazillions. We see everybody's A real online. We don't see their B real. We don't see the 5,000 times it took them to get that picture or to make that video. We don't see what they look like when they wake up in the morning. We don't see the stress they go through trying to figure out how to keep content rolling, all of these things. So all that, all that that generation sees is the perfected part. Mm -hmm. And so there's this pressure, this innate pressure that they must look like that or do that or accomplish that, or they are not successful. But at the end of the day, our, our identity and who we are is, is strictly connected to knowing who we are in God. And then from that place, what is it that he has gifted us to do and to help us line up in that path? And older people are meant to help us do that. That is, that is what we do as older people. I'm meant to disciple and mentor and guide younger people yeah. and help them, keep them calm, help, help them guide them and, and let them pull off of me. But we, we're gapping somewhere in there and it's not happening like it should. And the sad thing is, it should be happening and should be led by the church. And yes. It's not. Yes. Amen. I, you just kind of blew my mind. I never thought about it that way because my daughter is 16 as well. And the fact that mm -hmm. at school, you have to ask permission to go to bathroom and all of these things. And then as soon as you're 18, you're expected just to know everything. Well, how are you expected right. to know everything when your life has been kind of micromanaged? For the yeah, past 18 it's been micromanaged years. and you've lived at home, you've been bossed around, which you should be, you're a kid, but you know, you've been told, come home at three, and don't go there and make sure you put this in and pick up that and do this and you can take this class and do your homework and, and then all of a sudden you're off on campus somewhere trying to figure out if this is even what you want to do. Now, some kids do know, mm -hmm. my older daughter, she knew and she did it, she became a nurse, but some kids are not built that way. And then, then we just throw them out there and then we get upset if they fail, if they don't yeah. make it, if they, you know, all the things. Yes. No, 100%, 100% agree. Now, let's go back um, to talking about the back 40. And yeah. I want to hear about the benefits of being over 40. We In our culture, you see all of the benefits of being young and shiny and youthful. But what about being over 40? Oh, well, I think, I think one of the, one of the cliche things, but it's actually true. And I think you even mentioned this early on when we were starting our, our talk is I, I don't care. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
I think of the um, lady that used to do used to do newspaper, um, and for anyone listening, there are such things as newspapers back in the day. Um, I feel old all of a sudden. Irma Bombeck was she would talk about this all the time about how you would get to a, a certain age and you just don't care. You you are so confident in who you are, or and or you just realize some things just don't matter. Yes. You, I can remember my mama saying, why are you stressing over that? That doesn't matter. You're going to look back and see that that doesn't matter. And she was right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I think that having that um, wisdom that some things don't matter, I think you get more comfortable in your own skin. I think that um, you just, you just recognize, I start recognizing the value of, of, small moments mm. you know up until I was probably 40 45 I was so concerned about making sure I was doing everything right Did, am I am I pastoring right am I parenting right am I doing my job right do you like me am I successful am I making enough money am I being a good steward of that money am I doing da, 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 whatever um, and now I find that I wish I had paid attention to more of the smaller moments. Like I wish I hadn't rushed my older daughter through all of the phases of life because I wanted her to grow up so I could enjoy her as, uh, you know, uh, an, an interacting person with me. So the, the baby stage, the cuddles, the just playing with her in the floor. I wish I had played in the floor more. I wish I had, done those things so now I think I'm trying my best to favor those moments I think that's a benefit of being older is that you look at the moments and you go this moment where we're all sitting on the couch laughing together this is a moment yeah I'm gonna I'm grabbing these moments and you you just start appreciating those moments you know do you see a difference between how the back 40 affects men and women (laughs) Um, yes, I'm sure it affects them very differently. Um, uh, my husband is six years younger than me, so he just turned 45. Okay. And, um, he made a comment last night. He, we go to the gym and, um, he went to the gym and I guess there were some guys playing pickup basketball. And so he texted me, I didn't know he played and texted me on his way home. (laughs) He said, he said, well, I'm definitely um, in the back 40. And I was like, why? He said, I just tried to play pickup ball. and It didn't go so great. Oh, you know, no. this hurt, that hurt, these things. You know, I'm not as young as I think I am. And I think for guys, it's more of a physical thing. You feel younger. You feel like you look younger. You feel like you act younger in your mind. And that's good. We need to keep that. Mm-hmm. I think for women, it's more of an emotional. We do go through the physical things. But I think it's more of that emotional, relational thing. We recognize that relationships change. You know, our kids are growing up. They're leaving home. What are our relationships going to look like now that they're home and they have their own, they're not home and they have their own families? Um, You know, are we going to stay as close or as connected? What if we don't like their spouse? What if we don't connect? You know, those kinds of things. I feel like that maybe they're looked at a little differently. Not Not that women don't care about the physical things, but I think we tend to look more you know, internal, internal, like those connections and things like that. Right. Although I do have to say, I don't think it's fair that as men get older, it's like that old saying they age like fine wine. And then some women, as they get older, not so much. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. I know. I say, I say all the time, I'm like, God, one, why? Yes. Why, why is this? This is, I mean, we bear children. We mm-hmm. have to go through all of, why? Why? Could you, could you have thought of something a little different there? Like, what, you know, I'm just curious. But yes, I say that all the time. My husband, I tease him all the time. I'm like, I don't even want to talk to you right now. You don't have a wrinkle on your face. I don't like you. Uh-huh. Just don't even look at me. Don't even look at me right now, you know? <laughs> well, you look at these men and they get gray hair and it looks distinguished and right. sexy and wisdom. And a woman gets gray hair and it looks like, oh, you just don't take care of yes. yourself. You know, no, if she's all Correct. gray, it, if she's all gray, it's one thing. But if she has dark hair Correct. and it's like skunk like chunks of gray. Oh, it, it, oh you're letting yourself go. Yes. yes you're letting yes. yourself But go. if a guy does yes. that, it's like, oh, that's sexy. That's that's wisdom right there. And I'm like, that is so right. unfair. I don't like that. It is it is a very double standard. I don't know who created it. I'm not happy about it. And hopefully <laughs> if they're ever in heaven, I'll get to ask them because that yeah. was just not cool. It was not cool. So I was watching cool this interview. It was on TikTok. And yes, I know I'm too old to be on TikTok, but I am. So it was an interview. <laughs> Drew Barrymore was interviewing Jamie Lee Curtis. And Jamie Lee Curtis is older, yes. but man, she's gorgeous. Like with yes. her white hair, she's just still beautiful. And she they were yes. talking about age and getting older and being on that back 40. And she had said that she had showed up to some award show. I don't remember if it was the Oscars or what, but she's in her 40s at the time. And she's trying to be youthful. And she was trying to compose herself in a way that made her look younger. And she was trying to smile in a way that wouldn't show the wrinkles and the dragging face. And and someone had come up to her and said, do you know who the most beautiful person in the room is right now? And Jamie Lee is all, oh, you know, secretly thinking he's going to say her, like, And he said, look over there. And it was across the room. And it was Jessica Tandy, who at the time was 80. And Jamie Lee says, you know what? He was right. Even though she had, you know, this weathered face, all sorts of wrinkles, white hair. She was beaming. And she was. She was the most beautiful woman in the room. Mm -hmm. There's a beauty that does come with age. Or what do you think? Oh, I 100% agree with that. I think I also watched an interview, not with Drew Barrymore, but Jamie Lee Curtis was quoted as saying that women women should embrace their aging and and not to not, if you don't want to get plastic surgery, fine, but to embrace it. She, she was talking about she was going to embrace her wrinkles and her gray hair and, and all of that. And I just applaud that because I do think there is a beauty. I have seen some very beautiful older women who are not famous who show up at a church on Sunday morning or sitting in a coffee shop we were in a restaurant the other day after church and a lady and her husband were there having lunch and she was probably in her 80s and she was dressed for church you know and she there was this grace and confidence about her and she stood up and when she walked by me I had this feeling like oh I want that. Mm. I want that. And so I just leaned over and I said, you are absolutely stunning. And she started crying. She she got teary eyed and she said, oh my goodness, you have just made my day. She said, I I wasn't sure if this outfit looked right and Uh I'm getting so old. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want whatever you have. I want that when I grow up. I want that. I do believe that if we really are 
at the end of the day, you know, Rachel, if we're just confident in who we are in God and we trust the process and just go with how God made us and what we are doing with our lives and we just enjoy life and, and live from a place of joy, I feel like that we would naturally carry that beauty as we age. Well, and I think, too, when it comes to the differences between men and women getting older, there is that sense of I'm losing my youthful beauty. And older women don't hear that anymore. They don't hear that they're beautiful. And so I think that is hard. I noticed that as I got older, and this is going to sound so, or this is going to sound bad, but I'm going to say it anyway. But I noticed as I got older that men would not flirt with me as much as they did when I was 19, you know, and that even though I'm perfectly happily married, there is something about that that you lose that makes you feel not as beautiful as you once did. And it's weird. It is very strange. I um, have had that happen to me as well. We actually talked about this on one of my podcasts this past season. I had three other I'm sorry, four other women joined me in varying ages, and we just sat around and talked about this. And this was the one thing that all of us agreed on that was probably this universal thing. It's walking into a room and realizing that someone is looking at you, not from a, oh, she's good looking, but, oh, she's older. Mm. And I really had that happen to me when my daughter, my younger daughter, my 16-year-old and I will be in a store together. And my daughter is probably looks like a young Julia Roberts, long red hair, mm-hmm. tall, skinny, big brown eyes. We'll walk into a store and somebody will do a double take and I'll have a nano of a second where I think, oh, I still got it. And then I realize <laughs> they're looking at her and I'm yep. like, Dad, come it. Oh, you know, like I'm just crushed over again. Or, or just that, yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, ma'am, let me get the door for you. And I'm thinking, no. Yes. No, you know. I hate being called ma'am, and I I know it's a sign of respect, but I hate being called ma'am, and I hate being called Miss Rachel. I'm like, do not call me that. I'm not 80. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it'll. I think it changes as you age, and you just kind of start embracing it more. But it does make me a little sad because I'm like, oh wow. Or or you have an older man who's clearly 70 or older look at you and tell you how stunning you are and you're like oh, no I want the 30 year old guy to tell right. me that. <laughs> I know no seriously so I was in this was a couple months ago I'm in Walmart and I'm standing in line and I had shorts on and I had this probably 70 80 year old guy come up to me and he just whispers in my ear you know you have really sexy legs and walked away and ah! I felt so gross but you know yeah but you're right if that were a 30 year old i would have like puffed up and yeah you you would have been like of course i do yeah yes i do you're right don't look anymore (laughs) you're lucky my husband's not here but you're right right exactly (laughs) exactly it is strange it is a very strange transition and it's very startling when you realize it has happened to you Mm -hmm. yeah because it comes out of nowhere it feels uh, like Yes. It's like you wake up one morning and there you are. Mm-hmm. You're that person and you weren't ready for it because in your head, you're, you're still 30. You're still 25. You oh, know, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm like, okay, I'm 40, but I still feel like I'm 20. As we close, what advice would you give to someone that is maybe struggling with the uniqueness of being 
over 40 where maybe they don't feel like they've accomplished enough or maybe they are just feeling old and they're told to embrace, but they don't know how to embrace that? Yeah, I think I would just say, and and this is honestly, in all transparency, something I'm still practicing myself because I'm very much in the throes of, of aging as well. But I would just say, take a deep breath, learn how to enjoy the small moments of life. Don't stress and spend time with people you love. Spend time with people that you want to pour into and and pouring into, I just simply means if someone asks your advice, give them your advice. If Just give away what you have, but don't stress that you have to do it all really fast, that you have to give it all away today or tomorrow. Just, you, you get to enjoy life. You get to just be. And so enjoy that and take whatever comes your way with a grain of salt and just spend time I, I really just feel like spending time uh, connecting and making relationships count um, is probably the most important thing that we can do because at the end of the day, that's that's the stuff people are going to remember when we're gone is how we spent time with them, how we loved on them, how we made room for them in our lives. And, and I don't want to be guilty of leaving this life and people saying, well, she was a great, she was a great podcast host. Mm-hmm. but but she sure didn't know how to have a cup of coffee with me, you right. know, and, and, and really see me. And I feel like that, that this age gives us that opportunity because we, we come into a place of we'll be in, coming into possibly retiring soon or having an empty nest with more time on our hands or able to pick up that hobby that we let go or maybe we wanted to write and we didn't because we were too busy trying to make money and survive. Well, write, do the things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and just and just be very present. Be very, very, very present in the moment. And I think, too, we have this obsession in our culture, especially as we get older, that we have to reach as many people as possible, that those that maybe have the millions of followers or 100,000 followers on social media, that they're doing more. I mean, as Christians, I think we even fall into that trap of they're doing yeah, more for the kingdom than we are, but we have to be good stewards of the people that God has put in front of us, not the people that are all the way across the country that don't even know us, but who is it that God has placed in front of us, whether it's our kids or our grandkids. I mean, how many grandparents aren't even pouring into their grandkids' lives nowadays, where it used to be a thing 100 years ago? Yeah. I think about sometimes when I start to get in that mindset of I'm not reaching enough people, I'm not doing more in the kingdom. I think back, I try to remind myself of who, you know, the person who witnessed to Billy Graham. Billy Graham would be mm. great exploits, but what about the one person who witnessed to Billy Graham and he gave his life to Christ because of that? What about the person who mentored John Bevere or, you know, you could name all of these famous people. But there was always one person who wasn't known, yeah. who was a catalyst for something that happened in their life. Mm-hmm. And what if you're that person? Are you going to be okay with that? Are you okay if you're never in the limelight and you never reach the bazillions of people? Because the person who witnessed to Billy Graham, in essence, also 
was a part of all of the bazillions of people that came to know Jesus because of his ministry. And they're going to... they were the catalyst. Yeah, and when they get to heaven, they're going to kind of yes. glean from those rewards. It yes. won't just be Billy Absolutely. Graham that gets those rewards, but that person as Absolutely. well. I know I said we were going to close, but I just thought yeah. of something. Do you notice that as you... <laughs> See, we both like to talk, so this works out. Do you notice that right. as you get older, life is longer than what you thought it would be? Or maybe that's just the younger generation. Maybe that's just the millennial talking in me that at 27, I thought I had ruined my life and there was nothing left. And now that I'm getting older, I'm like, oh, there was a lot more to life than what I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Life is longer. It's longer than what you thought it would be. And then as you get older, it feels like it was just really short. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like there was so much more that you could have lived in that life. And I think that is because of the same thing you're saying. I'm just saying it from this side is that I look back even now at 51 and go, oh my gosh, I wasted so much time worrying about things that now at 50 I look back and go, that wasn't even, that wasn't even pertinent then. And I, if I had just calmed down, you know, yeah. yeah, killed out a little bit and not succumbed to all of the peer pressure that I, I could have, been living even a fuller life then than I was, but because I didn't and I learned from it, I'm trying to do that now. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. Um, so I think that yes, life is. You have a lot of time. You know, if you're if you are in your twenties, you have so much time. Just just take your time. Figure it out. You surround yourself with wise people who who have permission to pour into you, have permission to say, hey, why are you doing that? What, what, why did you choose that path? Yeah. Is that what you really want? You know, why are you, why are you obsessed with making money right now? What, 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 why are you putting that pressure on yourself? You know, those kinds of people that have permission to not just puff you up, but they also have permission to call you in and say, hey, I noticed this pattern of behavior. Why are you, why, that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why do you have this little glitch? Let's work on this, you know, um, to help people get emotion, emotionally, spiritually, and physically the healthiest they can be so that they can, they can live from a, a more healed up place internally. You know, it's, it's, um, it's just better all the way around for people around us as well as for ourselves. And I think just being humble enough to recognize that somebody who is older is going to have more wisdom than you and you take it with a grain of salt if it's something that you don't believe in or maybe necessarily agree with that's okay but be willing to listen and recognize that just because they're older doesn't necessarily mean they're out of touch i think of like the golden yeah. girls and i'm like oh, yeah. oh my gosh they were only in their 50s and they were yeah. the golden girls you know <laughs> i know i know it's, it's very different you know, I think we think, and I think even the younger generation thinks that if an older person says something, then they have to agree with it. They have to take mm. it. They have to do it. And that's not the point of advice. Yeah. That's not the point of advice. Advice is, here's my perspective. I have been, here's my experience. Here's what's happened to me. Um, and I just want to share that with you so that you have a different way of looking at things. If you want to do it, great. If you don't, you don't have to. So from both perspectives, it's my job not to get upset if they don't do what my advice is. 
yes. and cut them off mm-hmm. just as much as it's their job to listen and glean from it, but they don't have to agree with 100% of it. They don't have to do all of it. They can just say, thank you for that advice. I'll take that into consideration. Or I love that story. Uh, hopefully that won't happen to me, you know, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. But, but yeah, I think we just have a personal responsibility to to on both ends of the stick, you know, the well, younger end and the older. Yeah, and then that's where our relationship with Jesus comes in because I have, from older people, received advice that are two totally ends of the spectrum of good, well-intentioned oh, yeah. people. So that's when I have to come back to Jesus and say, okay, well, then what is it that you have for me? I have one right? person yeah. saying, never get married because it's terrible, and then I have another person saying, I wish I would have gotten married because I'm alone. You know, so I'm going, okay, Lord, right. which one is Father, it? Father, what is your perspective? What do you have? What are you saying through all of this to me? What do I glean from this? How do I hear your voice and your heart? And and surround me with people who who are are, are close to you, who want what's best for me through you, you know, it's, it's every day I say, Father, today I need your wisdom in everything I do. I don't want my wisdom. I don't want to lean on that, but I want your wisdom because your wisdom is the best. Help me to, when I'm talking to someone, I'm constantly saying in my mind, Father, what are you saying? What do you want me to say? What are you saying? How do you see this person? How can I convey your heart? to this person that I'm talking to because your heart for this person is way better than my heart for this person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a good message for us as parents that still have uh, uh, younger kids at home to make sure that we are doing our due diligence of surrounding our kids with the older generation because when they go to school, who are they surrounded by kids their own age? They're surrounded by, yeah. And to get them with the older people, whether it is just a millennial or whether it's a boomer or whoever, as long as they're getting used to that. So as they grow up and they move out of the house, they have that sense of being able to, it's okay to take advice from somebody who's older or it's okay to admire somebody who is older and that they do know what they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mary, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I really, really enjoyed our conversation and I'm going to do my best to embrace. (laughs) I don't know how well it's going to work, Mary. I'll be honest, but I might have to come back. Practice, practice, (laughs) practice. Well, Rachel, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it, and I enjoyed our conversation as well. It was great. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Unique on a Purpose podcast. And thank you, Mary, for your wisdom and insight of what it means to live on and in the back 40. Make sure you check out Mary's podcast, The Back 40, in the show notes. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify. So don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on a purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I will see you back here next week.